Welcome to another episode of Signal Fire Radio. Our guest today is Mary-Kate Soliva from Evans. Very, very close background. We're going to talk about how to own your transition with the first active duty guest that we've had here on Signal Fire Radio. Do not go anywhere. Signal Fire is coming right up. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Signal Fire Radio. I am your host, Rob Renz, Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, small business owner. If this is your first time joining us, we want to welcome you. Signal Fire is a show. Actually, it's not even a show. It's a community of ambitious leaders that actively seek out ambitious leadership. And we do that by stepping out the front door each and every day to conquer the villain of self-doubt. And we have encouraging conversations that are designed to feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe. I am joined in this pursuit by two of my very best friends in the whole wide world. First and foremost, Matt Milat. How are you today, Matthew? Hydrated. Hi <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you hydrated? Um, just because that's what we do, right? We yeah. Stay hydrated. I had a first sergeant in the Marines. I think I've said this on the show before. Um, he, uh, he was Hispanic descent, and we never knew if he was messing with us because he would always walk around our platoon and say, I got I got one word for you, Marines. <laughs> Hydrate. No, no, sorry, I messed that up. They said he, he would say, "I got two words for you, Marines." Hydrate, and then he'd say, "I got one word for you, Marines. Drink water." And so, <laughs> but he always said it so serious, and we never knew if he was goofing off or if he was being for real. Nope, none of us ever knew it. So, anyways, I'm glad to hear that you're hydrated, buddy. I am. And uh, to to my left, our our other guest, who's responsible for our other other guest, yeah, Evan Anderson. How are you, dude? I'm super. I'm super. I'm glad that MK's here. Tell us everything that we need to know about our guest today. All right. So Mary-Kate Saliva and I met back in the December of 2016, the year of our Lord, at Camp McCall, North Carolina, where we attended POAS together because we were a couple of POASs. Uh, and that is psychological operations no. assessment and selection. We're gonna we're gonna let Matt have a guess at it. Oh dang it! I should have. Yeah. He wouldn't have got that. No way. Um. Anyway, yes. So uh, MK and I were actually on the same team together uh, for selection, and it was arduous and it was miserable, and we walked the skin off our feet, and we carried heavy things for very long ways, and uh, we came out the other side and and became members of of the psychological operations regiment. Um, and she's gone on to do some pretty awesome things since then. Yeah, her resume, while still on active duty, is stacking up pretty yeah, it's, pretty. It's ridiculous. It's and, thick, and as the kids say. There, there was a point um, maybe two months ago where I was thinking that she was somehow conjuring like more hours in the day mm -hmm. because I don't know how she was doing everything that she was doing between having a full-time job, like in the Army, um, volunteering lots of hours with several VSOs, um, working on schoolwork, still making time like for her husband, for her dog. They go antiquing, like spend weekends out in the, out in the country, um, like American pickers, right? Just yeah, straight up looking for cool stuff. Straight up, just picking out there. Um, and I was like, how how do you do it? Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I don't, she's got she's got drive. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, we we get asked regularly how have we all connected, mm -hmm. like. Uh, our guest last week, Dale Robbins, after the show, looked at me and Matt and was like, Matt, how do you and Rob know each other? 
And Matt, you want to just like briefly summarize our origin story? I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah. Well, first of all, when you said that, I yelled out of frustration because yeah. I feel like our relationship is so much deeper than that. But I just told Dale that LinkedIn. 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 Where we meet just about everybody. Yeah. It's where we also met Evan. Mm-hmm. However, Evan, there's an origin story behind this origin story, and it has to do with our guest today. Mm-hmm. Would you like to let people know? Really, we, we, we probably have her to thank in a lot of ways oh, 100%. For, for this, what this is right absolutely. now. No, so I, I am not shy about saying that I absolutely credit MK for putting me on this path during my transition. I was like the make a LinkedIn because you have to type of person. And, um, you know, like our, our background, particularly in the information operations realm is that we shy away from social media, right? So I was like, I'm gonna make this because I have to and connect with people that I know. Well, I connected with MK and she was like, crash course time. Um, and she's the one who set me on the path to begin my journey networking and to start connecting with, with VSOs and with people who volunteer um, and, and who are really doing great things in that transition space. Um, and, it, and it kind of set me forward into this path and also inspired me to take the role of a peer mentor for other people going through the transition process. Now, there was one name in particular that she said you should get in touch with. Who was that one person? Matt Milat, MBA. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was Rob Renz. Um, you know, she gave me she gave me a list of people, and um, I think initially I, I had added a few of them. Um, we hadn't had a conversation yet, but then uh, through those those connections, you know, um, there got Bruce Thompson, Herb Thompson, Brian Arrington, um, Leslie Coffey, some of the people who are who are just you know. They, they dedicate their lives, especially on LinkedIn, to mm. helping with the transition process and the after process. And, and through those connections, I started to see your stuff pop up on my, on my feed, as, as it so often does. Um, and that's how we became connected. It's funny. You, you, you don't really know when you're going to make an impact into somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And you also don't know when somebody is going to come into your life and make an impact, right. too, as well. I never would have thought. I mean, I knew that because, you know, Mary-Kate and I, we were connected on LinkedIn because I connect with everybody on LinkedIn. If you have Army, Marine, Navy, whatever in your work history Mm -hmm. and you live in North Carolina, you've probably gotten a connection request from me. Um, So I'm going to guess and say that's how Mary-Kate and I connected. And I had decided to do the Suiting Warriors event in my office on October 10th, 2020, and she was one of the people who attended. Mm-hmm. And so she came, she went through our program, we, we got her and Nelson some professional attire, and we didn't even communicate much that day because it was pandemonium at my office. So yeah. I think she was the first one there. I said hi, we chatted for a little bit, but then I had a phone call conversation with her afterwards, about an hour, hour long. Um, and next thing I know, I'm getting a message from you Mm -hmm. and you're like, Hey, Mary Kate said I should get in touch with you. And we've told this story that day. We were on the phone within like 30 to 45 minutes from you sending that message. And it was, you know, it was just like when Matt and I met each other at Poe's Tavern, the, the skies opened. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, Dove's like, and then flew. like four days later, we were having a beer. Yeah, we were at, we were at Blue Water. Yep, Blue Water Grill, um, down at Wrightsville Beach, and so I is the point that I'm making is is um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to Mary Kate about what what was like her mindset going into this because obviously she's been very strategic she's been very intentional she's connected with a ton of people you're right she's got like right i was just looking at her her resume on linkedin she's like volunteering for like eight different one it's not it's not BSOs. like you know it's not like i i you know i'm doing like some mom and pop stuff like she's doing work that makes a difference already yeah you know, volunteering for something that she's passionate about and it shows through you know, in the, in the countering human trafficking and, and um, you know, making those connections. Yeah, you look through Mary Kate's connection list. She's like, yeah, Congress people and law enforcement, oh, I, like big wigs. I got to go know, back like, and connect with her second connection. Yeah, she's a, he- she's a heavy hitter. Yeah, look at that. I'm looking at it right now. And, and she has so many great headshots, too. She's got m- more than just one. Okay, so the one that's currently at must be the Honor Foundation headshot. Is oh, she, yeah. She's in the cohort with you right now, right? Uh, another story about okay. that. So we send were actually, it. So so uh, we sort of unknowingly applied to the Honor Foundation at the same time. Like I I texted her and I was like, Hey, have you heard of this thing called the Honor Foundation? And she was like, Yeah, I just did my application. And we hadn't talked about it before that. Um, God, that was months ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because when when you and I first talked, I I mentioned the Honor Foundation to you, and you were like, Yeah, I just submitted my application. Yeah. So it had to be at least they only do October I think earlier two two cohorts a year. So yeah. this was yeah late last year that we had both did that, and I was originally going to be in in Group Thirty Seven with her, uh, the virtual cohort. Um, but through the connections that we've made through uh, Dave Polaris and Lindsey Cashin. They pulled me into Group Forty to the Camp Lejeune cohort. So you wanted are, to be with Marines. I wanted to be with Marines. Yeah, <laughs> we. So we are going through at the same time. Um, I think we will graduate the, the same the same day, uh, if not pretty close to it. But uh, wait, so you guys have a simultaneous separate cohorts going? Yeah, hers is based on the West Coast, where where Michael Halterman is in San Diego, and and mine is based here in Lejeune. So. Yeah. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, they run they run a few at a time, and she's she's doing the virtual one. But uh, due to these unprecedented times, these challenging and unprecedented my, my, times, my uh, cohort is also virtual. God, San Diego, beautiful, beautiful. Do we record? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna steal. I was gonna steal the anchor man joke, but I don't think it's safe for radio. <clears throat> What 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 San Diego? Yeah means. yeah okay all right we're not gonna we're not gonna rehash old jokes that have already been told. We'll come up with a few of our own. My lot. What do you think? Ready? Ready? Yeah. Ready? Okay. Um, so let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk with our guest Mary Kate Saliva right here on Signal Fire Radio. Do not go anywhere. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here with us. We are in the one place that we're supposed to be in, which is sitting in front of this mic, and we hope that you are in the one place that you are supposed to be in, which is listening to us. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> Matt, Matt, behind you. Yeah. Uh, I could have had a stroke. And could you? What was now. he doing? I missed him because <laughs> I was looking at you. Just making fun of how pretentious you Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most pretentious clap. You went like this. You leaned back, and you're like... <laughs> I was like, punch him in the back of the head. Yeah. Like, where, like, how tight is your ascot right now? Uh, <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> okay, all right. So, I'll tell. I do own an ascot. 
I don't doubt that. Would you? Would you wouldn't doubt that is I it, own an is ascot? It peach or no. salmon in color? No. You know what it looks like? It looks like Dale Robbins' shirt that he wore. Oh, uh, that's a sweet shirt. Yeah, yeah. That it's not orange and paisley. It's like blue coral. gold paisley. Coral. I'd say coral. Well, yeah, yeah. His shirt, yeah. But oh, mine yours. is, yeah, mine is like blue with gold paisley on it. Okay. And the only reason we got it was Matt. No surprise, because we went on a cruise, and I wanted to wear an ascot for one of the dress-up nights. Uh. Is that a, like just a special shirt? I don't even know. What an that ascot? Is. Yeah. No. It's a neckerchief. Like it's what a Fred neckerchief. Wore on Scooby Doo. Yeah, Scooby Doo. Like it's. Like, it looks like a tie, but it's like big and puffy, and it doesn't hang down your shirt. You tuck it into the shirt. Uh, do that while you're, or do the clap while you're wearing that. You know nothing, perfect. you uncultured <laughs> swine. It's unbelievable. You don't even know what an ascot is. Oh my MK, you, you would you would know what an ascot is, right? Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yeah. See. I watched years of Scooby-Doo, never heard them say ascot. No? Well, they wouldn't draw, because they weren't about, it wasn't about, you know, Fred's style. The show was about catching the bad guy. Yeah, but Daphne always got me. Daphne did? I was a Daphne. I I was a a diehard for Daph. Yeah? Yeah. Were there any other cartoon characters that you you care to share that you were super into? (laughs) Uh... Betty Boop. I guess. Yeah, let's let's let the uh, the doctor of criminal justice student weigh in on this one. Yeah, so you do have your doctorate in criminal justice. No way. What? No, she's a doctor of criminal justice. I'm student. enrolled. Oh, student. <laughs> so she's a candidate. <laughs> so you still can't diagnose what's wrong with Matt, <laughs> yeah. even if you. When could. you start surgery, well, that's gonna take some time. Yeah, yeah. Mary Kate, for people who don't know you, tell tell our audience who you are. Um, and just give us your journey up to this point. Yes. Um, so actually, I, I just went through mock interviews with the Honor Foundation a couple nights ago, so now I'm feeling like, oh, is this my elevator pitch right now? Mm-mm. Yeah, like no, don't sudden. do that. Mm-hmm. No star like, message. Oh, no. no. Okay. So, yes, um, Mary-Kate Saliva, if you don't like her Saliva, oh. Saliva me alone, but I digress. So I have about... <laughs> So Bye. leave me alone. <laughs> so leave me alone. I'm like, a, like a, the meatball. <laughs> but uh, now I have about, I'm uh, active duty U.S. Army. I have about five and a half months left on active duty um, until I start flipping burgers. No, I'm just going to figure <laughs> out what I'm going to do uh, for this next chapter of my life. I'm really excited. Uh, I started my transition at, actually at the 12-month mark, but I'd say I really... Uh, got the hit the ground running when I got tasked with staff duty, which is like 24-7, you know, on the clock duty for a whole month of October. Well, 12 hours on, 12 hours off, and I had a lot of time to sit there and think and reflect and strategize about my transition. And I decided to actually get on LinkedIn, um, and it was something that I was really hesitant to do because currently I'm in psychological operations, and that was something that as far as like putting myself on social media, I, I didn't have my last name out there. It might be a different name. So I was originally like Mary S. And I was like Mary Kate S. And then I was like Mary Kate Soliva. Maybe I'm going to put my full name out there. I'm not sure. I was like, and then I even didn't even put a space between Mary Kate. Um, <laughs> I didn't what, even have. What, what purpose I was, was like, that going to serve? I was like, maybe if someone's like looking me up and they put the space, it won't show up. I don't know. You know, minimize. It's <laughs> like the digital fingerprint. Like, that's, yeah, that's like that's like the LinkedIn <laughs> fake mustache. You know, you like walk into the bank. You can't. Tell Who is this me. Mary Kate with yeah. no space? The phantom, like, the phantom glasses. Mary <laughs> Soliva. Um, and actually, I, I have some of my mentors that are like, I remember when you were going through that phase of your life. <laughs> 
So it's now that phase. So I actually, when I, I just started, like before the holidays, um, getting on LinkedIn uh, was actually really transformative for my transition in the right direction because I didn't know anything about anything with getting out um, and how to be successful on the outside. And everybody I was talking to at that point had not transitioned yet. So I was like, how am I going to prepare uh, if all, the only people I'm talking to are still in uniform? And um, it is crazy times right now. So with the pandemic and whatnot, so I, uh, a lot of my other soldiers in my unit that were going to get out decided they were going to stay in. Um, and so I decided that I was just going to stick to my guns and, and go for it. And part of that was really just putting myself out there. I actually, even in my about me section was super vague. Like I didn't even put PSYOP on there anywhere. I was like, um, is really just uh, a few words in my about me section. But I found that when I changed it to something about myself, yeah. like really made myself vulnerable, you know? And, and when, when I, I'm, I have to interrupt you there for everyone who's listening to this know that Mary-Kate has one of the most exceptional uh, like LinkedIn bios that you could ever read. Yeah, it, I'm reading it right it's now. It's super, super inspiring. And um, it's it, it absolutely like demonstrates her her whole passion, like why she's done everything that she's done, like her entire life leading to what her next career is going to be. And I might add a proper usage of emojis. Yeah. You know, just enough. Emojis. Yeah. yeah. Just enough emojis, but not too many. Yeah. You know, it's just like that's such a fine line it's to not walk. tacky. Yeah. Yeah. Really is Sorry. a line. No, it, yeah. it really, and it really is. And, and because it, a part of it too is in, in the transition, like you're going from being part of a team and thinking about the team all the time to, oh crap, now I got to think about myself. Mm -hmm. And why are people going to care about me? Like, so <laughs> we have to really kind of just start to figure out who you are, peel back the layers of the onion, you know, and like in Shrek, if you've seen Shrek, but <laughs> just thinking about, yeah, that about section, once I made it a story about why I want to do what I do, why I'm passionate about what I'm passionate about. Also in that day, I got like a dozen hits, I guess a dozen people just reaching out to me and connecting me. And I think you, Rob, were one of the first ones I heard that actually said about like building your brand and like really starting to build your brand so that people know, like if I come across this, I'm going to think about Mary Kate because she, she's just developed that rapport. And the, the Suiting Warriors event, congratulations again, by the way, for t taking that on. Now that you're the Capitan. Elevated to new heights. <laughs> El Presidente. El Presidente. Um, but now my husband and I have these incredible suits, which I have to say that I have worn that suit like at every single mock interview I've yes, had. Nice. At every yeah. meeting with congressmen and senators that I've had about combating human trafficking, I humble have worn flex. that suit. Hum um, yeah, huge humble flex. <laughs> <laughs> how can you compliment a nonprofit and yourself at the exact same time? That's how you do That's it. That's personal brand. <laughs> yeah, it's like no big deal. I was talking to all these heavy hitters <laughs> wearing that suit that you gave me. Yes. Um, no, but it was it's so incredible that you held that event and um, you know, totally down to drive the couple hours it takes to come from Vietnam all the way out here to the beautiful city of Wilmington. Um, and it was it was just amazing to learn that something like that out there exists because um, i think a lot even a vso you're like what is that like ufos are we talking about aliens here people service members aren't familiar with the term vso um they're nonprofits they've heard but letting people know about veteran service organizations it's a uh, it's some it's amazing over forty five thousand out there yeah you said something uh a minute ago that was so perfectly articulated and i think it goes to the issue that Matt and I had, Matt more so than me, when we got out of the military in, in 2008, 
right, Matt? Yeah. In 2011, you said, how can I possibly learn how to do this or know how to do this if I'm only talking to other people in uniform? That is 100% been my gripe with TAPS and the exit strategy for the military right now right. did or, or the traditional way of doing it. Did you learn that on your own or did somebody give you that? How did you come to that conclusion? I came to that conclusion by realizing that we are being in a pandemic and a lot of we were getting released a lot from work. And at that point, too, we were teleworking. So being at home on my computer, I'm like, how am I going to reach out to people? And I was like, I got to get back on LinkedIn, got to get on LinkedIn. And I actually had opened a LinkedIn a couple of years ago, but when I was about to deploy, I, I deactivated, I it took it down, and then I lost all that information I had before. It was kind of nothing anyways the first go around. But this one, I really realized, wow, there are so many people out there, and this is a great time to reach people, people that I didn't think I was going to connect with. Um, like I was connecting with U.S. investors from other um, that are in other countries because I saw they're on LinkedIn and I saw they were a veteran. So I was like, hey, so-and-so, like I see you're a veteran. How'd you go from being a veteran to now you're a U.S. ambassador? And they're, one of them actually saw I was like, ha-ha, all luck, <laughs> you know? And I just thought, this is incredible. Where else would I be able to talk to these high-level folks? But I figured it out um, just realizing that all I was having access to initially were the people at, at base, at the unit. And so I needed to find another avenue, and LinkedIn was that for me. And so like every good person that has good information, you shared that with other folks. Yeah, including my my fellow soldiers to the point where I'm sure their ears are still bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> and it got to the point where I even had another colleague like say, you know, it's starting to get a little bit annoying at some point because it was just like information overload. Yeah. You just because I did not realize at that point at the start of my transition to set boundaries. And that is something I sort of start out now that if I'm talking, if even the listeners today that are starting at the beginning, sorry, I'll lose audio there. No, okay, you're good. The transition is, um, is to ha set boundaries right off the bat because I like to think that there's 26, 30 hours in the day. But there's not. You still got a family that's going through the transition with you. You still got all these other things even just to get out of <clears throat> the military. Um, and so don't forget to take care of yourself, which is why I love the videos that you all are posting about just like quick in a hurry you understand that like society just doesn't have time there's not enough time of the day to be having these like 10 hour diatribe things. dude you and i talked exactly, about exactly you right? and i talked about that this morning evan because um i get tagged in a lot of people's posts i'm sure you do too and <clears throat> there's some that I, it, I, it like i look at it and it's like 500 words or whatever yes. the word limit is and I tend to see that it's usually the same, like, hey, here's eight resources for the day. Um, now, I only bring that up. It's good stuff. I'm not, I'm not dumping on anybody for doing it or even for doing it that way. Um, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that our generation, the four people in this room, maybe three and a half people in this room, um, and most of the <laughs> – anything? No? I got nothing. No witty retort? <laughs> no, okay. I don't have to <laughs> Well – the the post 911 yes. generation um starting with Matt you know the early 80s babies and then me mid 80s babies and then you know going into Evan in the 90s we consume information differently than maybe 
you know, the people who who were in post 9-11 but aren't in the same age range or demographic as us. Right. How has, you know, your experience in information operations and you putting yourself out there and deciding to use social media, you know, what would your assessment be of how do we bring those things together where you're getting good information, you're getting the right information, getting the right advice, you're being connected to the right resources, and then you're able to use that and take action for the improvement of your own life. Yeah, I think that's a really great, really all valid points because like my dad, he did he was in the Navy to 20 years, and the way he consumes information, what his in, attention span, even interest in things, it's different than than me having grown up. And I think I was at that half cusp where I was like half grew up without social media and right. half grew up with it. Um, and so it is going to be as we get these the post 9/11 veterans how they're uh, absorbing information. It's got to be quick. It's got to be at least the the brief and the highlights. Um, and I love even that you all even have subtitles at the bottom of your videos. Oh, yeah. Because I think that, that it, I think well. it does. It, it helps a great deal. And I actually was speaking to some veterans from the Cold War era, and I actually learned so much about how there's a lot of VSOs that only target uh, post 9-11 veterans. So we even have this whole like different demographic of veterans mm -hmm. that don't have access to these resources or don't know about these resources. And so we have to take that into consideration about like who your target audience is like who your information is meant for what audience mm -hmm. and, and every single time and and if you're really going to get that point across but i think people want to be after especially after over a year of being in isolation or having this ongoing pandemic people want to know about how to get reconnected they want to stay connected with they want to have those relationships go out and do things events like Suiting warriors, like being able to go out and do those things. I want to kind of tease that we're going to do a suiting warriors thing in Fayetteville in June, Evan, but it's not all locked in. I think you just did. I just teased it. You're right. I didn't give mm -hmm. any specific details. Fayetteville, June-ish, suiting warriors. I'll expect to see you there. That would be incredible. I have to say, though, that you <laughs> all put me in these bright red pants and by you all i mean like not the ladies me. yeah not me <laughs> i had nothing volunteers. to do with those pants <laughs> <laughs> i was like liz if you're listening today um <laughs> oh, she is. <laughs> those uh hot red pants um i was like so it, same thing even we talked about ascots earlier but like <laughs> i went home with one of the scarves that day too that was all leopard print and i was like there is no way that i would have ever worn that but that day was so fun just to learn about how to not look uniform, yeah. if you know what I mean. Those yeah. of you who are uniform, you know th that we all look the same. <laughs> I mean, you know, day one basic training, you know, just even getting our getting your head shaved, your guy, getting your hair cut short, females, but just wearing the same, being the same identical. And then now you have your own identity. Like you're about to enter into freedom. As Rob, you said, like the skies opening up, mm. those blue skies are so close. You can almost see it. I can almost see it. I uh, we're having we're touching on a lot of things that Evan and I have talked about over the past 24 hours because he had a slumber party at my house uh, that Matt was not invited to. And so we got to connect on some real Great. deep emotional stuff. But we talked about I still Matt, actually, do you do you still have dreams where like you have to show up? After ninety six or something, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were gonna break up the dream I shared with you guys. <laughs> no, like, let's not. No, no, I would never. Anyways, what's your question? So, like, do you still have dreams where you're in the Marine Corps and you're like out of regs or something? Oh yeah. 
So oh, yeah. I have those all the time. And with this hair, like I have dreams that I have this hair and Monday I show morning up, formation. Yeah, yeah. Monday morning formation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, and I just get, I get all anxious and you know, I, I it's because of in the dream, I'm losing the freedom that I now have. Um, I, I still can't text and walk. It's so hard. Like yeah, my, we my were feet, watching you. Yeah, we I, were my, watching my, you. See, you, were you see that? <laughs> like, yeah. I couldn't even find where this. Yeah. They have me in a basement, by the way. All you listeners out there, <laughs> yeah. I am in a basement. No one um, but <laughs> They were standing across the street. I'm trying to find them. After I was like, I am not parallel parking in the city. <laughs> it puts but the lotion in the I basket. I was like, good grief, I can find it. But I was like, I cannot text. So I'm like, here. I literally kept just stopping and text a little bit, and then walk another ten feet. It's out of like, habit yeah, of just being out of in habit, just not yeah. being able to do it. Yeah. You know, even looking at grass, I'm like already deciding like 50-50, Like, am I gonna walk on this grass or am I not gonna? Um, yeah, I still I, think about know, the grass. For many, for many years, <laughs> yeah. I have been a deliberate grass walker. <laughs> yeah, because well, you are oh, a counterculturist. Like, I think, I don't think tell me what to do. I think it's just no. Part he's of a straight nature. hippie, Rob. That's why I was like, you all are kindred spirits. When I met. Evan, I was like, gosh. Well, not Evan. When I met you and I told Evan, I was like, you have to connect with Rob. Just, you know, y'all are on that same different level. I mean, you even have hippie. And Look thus, this yeah, the shirt. The yeah. shirt. Yeah, you got the easy shi- easy hippie <laughs> shirt. Easy shippy? <laughs> easy shippy. You got the easy hippie shirt, which uh, if you're listening to Signal Fire Radio, you can go get your own at signalfire.media. That is a professional plug. And believe it or not, all of the money that we make off these T-shirts, we donate it to Suiting Warriors. Uh, so that way we can do events like the one that Mary-Kate and Evan have participated in and Matt has volunteered for. Um, so, yeah, we're, we are – I think the hippie – honestly, I think the hippie thing captures what, what post-military is for a lot of people. And I never got that because, I mean, think about growing up with uh, Vietnam veterans. Right. How oh, many wow. of them did oh, you I know. see wearing cami tops yep. with the sleeves cut off and then, you know, beard, long hair? And we, like, I was always like, why did they look so like <laughs> those, out was, of their that mind? That was pretty frowned upon back then. Whereas now it's like, it's okay to be mindful. It's okay to meditate. It's okay to Dude. align I'm your waiting chakras, for Evan to dye you know? his hair blue. Oh, he's going to. He's going full SLC punk when he's full done. Full Portland. Yeah. Yeah. No. Are you going to get your lip pierced? No, I don't like piercing. Only one of us. Only one of us is dumb enough Evan's to get their just lip like the pierced after the military. Evan's like the opposite of what you would think of, like the U.S. soldier. Yeah, because he is. But even like seeing him at selection, the whole bucket of sand thing, you know, like Evan just <laughs> meeting him. Evan just like you know stands out in the crowd because he's just so different. Like he's just such a like a vibrant, great yeah. personality. Well, he stands out because he's he's but closer he's so to the ground. The <laughs> but he does have a very dis- he does have a very oh, distinctive posture I to think, his stand. He like throws his chest out and his shoulder back. A little he bit. makes those. See his face right now, where yeah. it's kind of like the uh, like uh, 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 dumbfounded. He makes, yeah. a, he makes a face. He's very expressive. That's uh, that's part of like why I've been in so much trouble. Not not in like trouble, trouble throughout my military career, but uh, I do. I wear my emotions on my <laughs> sleeves. Uh, I'm not afraid to to raise my hand or raise my voice if I feel like something is wrong. Um, excuse me, I don't agree with this. Or if I think it's silly yeah um, can i just say i want to tell you that you have the most insane wit out of probably anybody i've ever known i will say the most random things to evan thinking i could catch him off guard and he responds immediately well, with something that would have taken weeks for me you know to we come talk about <laughs> well, we talk about you know that's that's kind of a generation thing too and i and i joke that i was i was raised by attitude era wrestling and wu-tang clan right but that was is i was raised in just and and stand-up comedy you know so just like a a just prolific 
crap talkers. Your life then, is a meme. Exactly. And then and then so yeah, so that His came into it. <laughs> that came into it, right? And then and then over a decade in the army and anywhere in the military you have to develop thick skin and part of the way you do that is by bashing on your team, mm-hmm. right? Like if someone comes in and they got a jacked up haircut, you're going to let them know, you know? <laughs> like you're going to tell them. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I still cannot get a full night's rest without having bad dreams <laughs> about my haircut. We're going to take a real quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Mary-Kate Soliva right here on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I did the clap again uh, just to drive Matt a little bit crazy. Matt, was it as good as the original? It was It was better. It, it was it more. Was less, it was less, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That was the feeling I got when you did that. I was like, I literally wanted to slap you in the back of the head. I didn't. I, I just, I did a normal clap. Say it the man that used to live in this majestic gated community in an <laughs> ATL suburb. Like, like, a, like a Robin Leach episode of uh, Lifestyles and the Rich and Famous well, e- or something? Easy no. hippie. Easy hippie. You weren't, you weren't at that level <laughs> yet, okay? Hi, Matt Mylot. Uh, we are having a fantastic conversation with our guest, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Um, oh God. I oh. knew it was coming. Uh, I I've did been waiting it. for you all to sing since you don't have music, and you know you almost just did just Ooh. now. I keep thinking y'all are about to break out. And well, song. we will, we will, we will absolutely start singing "American Patriot" if you want us to. <laughs> radio, because I'm a Who patriot. Needs a radio? radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? I was going to make a point about something. Oh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Um, d- did you guys watch that show WandaVision on Disney Plus? Monica did. Did, uh, she said it was super good. Okay, Jenna watched it too. Uh, I had no idea that the woman who plays Wanda in that show and on all of the Avengers were is Mary Kate Nashley Olsen's big sister. I didn't know that. Yeah, they had one. Yeah, they do. Pull it up when you see all three of them side by side. Pull up Jamie. Hey I Jamie. Thought, I thought. Um, Google it, Jamie. I thought Sweet D was their sister. No, no, Deandra. Caitlin Olsen. I thought oh, she, was she might sister. be. She, no, she's an Olsen. T- or no, it's spelled different. Yeah, it's with an E, and I think they're okay. with an O. Was that, Spelling matters. What's her name? It does. Uh, o- I don't know. Google Mary Kate and Ashley's sister. Mary. Is that the Catch Me Outside girl? See if my no, actual no, it's not the Catch Me Outside girl. Is my actual sister pop up? Bad Bobby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, did you do you remember the Catch Me Outside girl? No. Okay. But I, I actually my name came from uh, John Wayne's movie The Quiet Man, which I actually just saw in Southern Pines on the big screen recently. Okay. Yeah, Mary How, Kate, Mary Kate. Dan. Tell this, tell the story. It's like, well, uh, Catherine O'Hara, you know, uh, John Wayne, and uh, Super the babe, Quiet by Man. The way. <laughs> yeah, right. Catherine O'Hara. I also Ooh, didn't know that like, she's she's at Arlington, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So my I was named after a relative, but because she was so much older, like in her senior years, um, my parents thought that that would be great to uh, name Mary Kate after from the movie. That's super cool. Um, yeah. My wife is also named after a character from a movie. Her yeah. name is Jenna, with an H. Uh, Jenna. Jenna. Her, her mom and dad decided to name her after the princess from the movie Conan and the Barbarian. So, Like Arnold? Like, yeah, one. as in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Conan and the Barbarian, the princess in it, her name is Jenna, and it's spelled with an H, and that's what my wife is named after. I knew a, a guy whose wife's name was Bujumbali, and she was white. What? How? Like, uh, what par- was the, what's parents, the etymology? Her parents were hippies, and it means moon baby in in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's Hindu. Or yeah, I'm pretty sure she grew up in the same Bay Area neighborhood as me. Probably, yeah. probably. Where did you grow up, Mary Kate? All over. All well, over. I'd say, like Maine, and then sometimes I throw Guam because 
I when they ask me where I'm from, I really think of they're saying like, "Why are you brown?" Mm-hmm. So if I say Maine, mm. then they're like, "Are, are you I'm Mexican? Like, are you mixed with something?" Si, say Padre. I know. So like, my Filipino. Um, no, but uh, so yeah. So I I went to college out in Guam, but I grew up in Maine. How how cool is Guam? That's a place I've always wanted to go. Guam, it's. It's really great. I mean, and there's a lot of Marines. <laughs> yeah, there are. Right it's I know. Uh, but yeah, it's just the, the, <laughs> yeah the, the, the water is so blue. The people are so welcoming. I mean, they're probably my relatives. But uh, so it just. It's a small even, island. Small it's island. It's like Samoa, yeah. But everyone's this is the cousins. culture. It's just, um, it's just really beautiful. There's so much history there. Um, I used to do like a tag to that because there's the Liberation Festival, uh, Liberation Parade every year in July and is Guam was attacked like the day after Pearl Harbor. So uh, there's so much U.S. history there as well. But um, you go there, and I always tell my friends, you won't go hungry. I mean, they're just so welcoming, the fiestas. And, and Evan has an experience with a, a big tomorrow, that, uh, yeah. as he described it. Yeah, tell it. <laughs> Eating uh, so, lots of food. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was walking on the beach by myself uh, in Hawaii when I was stationed out there, and I came upon uh, a ruckus. A ru- can you describe the ruckus? It was island music and many grills going and a large group of people. And I crossed, right. I crossed paths with a very large Chamorro man. And he was like, hey. And I was like, bye. <laughs> um, being a, a small white guy on the Ina. So you are a power danger. lifter. So. Yeah, but I was a shrimp back then. We do the Meridian 531, as I was called. No, no, it was Wendler. Were Wendler. you sending signals to space? I, yeah, I was like, help, help. <laughs> Uh, no, but he, he was like, Hey, it's, it's, uh, I think he said it was our, it's our grandma's birthday. And he was like, we have so much food. Will you come have a plate? And I was like, okay. And I sat there for like two, three hours. Um, you know, and, and I just held my plate and more food kept appearing on yeah. it and, and that, and yeah, they were just, you know, talking and, and, uh, enjoying each other's company for is, hours. Is that fairly common? Like culturally that something like that would happen? Yeah, it's just really out in the open, just really, like, that open-door policy we have with the military is, it reminds me of that with, uh, back in Guam, too. It's just everybody is so welcoming and wants to – There and there's every weekend's like, some kind of celebration, whether it's – and the first birthday is as big as a wedding. <laughs> I, I've been to first birthdays where it's, like, the, they got – Live music, performers, the bouncy castle. Which, by the way, I was in a bouncy castle as a grown adult, and it, and it deflated. But I found out that it was because one of the other guys pulled the plug. So I was like, okay, oh I was like, my diet jokester. plan starts now. Um, but no, it's they're just, uh, it's just a beautiful place. And I was even mentioning like Palau. Just even seeing the other islands is a must. Like go diving out there, sailing. So your Gallup strengths, number one, your connect connectedness. Yes. Uh, do you think that your 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 culture, your history, your heritage plays a part in that being one of your big strengths, just bringing people together? Absolutely. Um, just connecting, because I think even just from like my my grandparents' generation, like they they had to survive the occupation um, from the from the war, and just like it wasn't just necessarily about like you yourself but taking care of your family making sure and and um my husband who grew up there too just his uh it's it takes a village that whole expression of it takes a village to raise a child they really take that to heart to where they're all looking out for one another and connecting with resources it's not about like and he even says that the best time was when there was a typhoon coming because that was when he was going to chow down <laughs> because we got we got to this food you're gonna to eat. Lose power. <laughs> like we got to eat all this food out of the freezer because the power's going to shut down and if you 
know my husband is like he was ready to chow down so he talks about like even that was some of the best times was not having power not having the running water just because the community comes together the island comes together and they really look out for one another so I really do attribute a lot of that too um, and even just on both my, from both my parents just con- connecting with the community was something that Evan mentioned earlier about like me being the antique lady. Some of the guys are afraid like when they come to my house that something's possessed because I got like the, you know, doilies. I don't know if you know what doilies. I know what a doily is. Do you know what? I 100% you know, know what a doily is. Scott, so I was like, do you know what a doily is? But yeah, like you make doilies. doilies by tacking. <laughs> Oil lanterns. <I> <laughs> So I was like, I have a real, I love antiquing. And so on the side, so I'm like, you know, soldier by day, old lady by night. I can knit all this stuff, go flea market antiquing. But that was something that as a kid, my parents just, we loved to go visit other people and just, you know, we'd can jellies or vegetables or something and we'd go visit them. Even to this day, like my grandmother, she'll make sure like for this weekend, like for Easter or any holiday that somebody, we would have like 20 different people that I had never met before at our table because I'm like, who are you? But uh, it was, they're here for the food. Um, because my pa- my family just really believed like nobody should go with without. And my dad, you know, he just said, when you're connected with people, and I think in the military, we kind of take that for granted that we come from all walks of life and from all different places that I'm sure if Evan and I, you know, we could go bum off someone's couch of a buddy that's in California or Texas or Alaska even, you know, it's just incredible. Like that camaraderie is just something I had instilled even as a kid. How are you going to make sure that that continues to happen? Because we've had this conversation on this show a lot. It's, it's no secret that temperature in this country is pretty high. There's a lot of people pitted against each other, um, a lot of divisiveness and not necessarily connectedness. I think you make the perfect point about the military community. You want to see the most diverse group of people getting along and loving each other? Go to an Applebee's at Jacksonville, North Carolina on a Tuesday. Um, Good point. And, and, I, and I believe that we can continue to do that because we all have that lived shared experience that people can look at us and say, how is that group getting along? How, despite having opinions, thoughts, beliefs of their own, how are they doing that? So what, what's your opinion on that? What's your take on how we can, how we be the leaders of our society in that regard? Well, I think for those that are already in the hot seat, who are who are presidents of an organization, who are CEOs, I think that that whole idea of giving back what I'm seeing in the in the big gaps and you know Cyber like looking at at what's in front of me, just the, there is a gap of getting the younger generation involved. And I think we need to get the younger generation, those coming behind us, or even my generation, a seat at the table to really start having those conversations, being innovative, because eventually that seat's going to be empty, and we got to start inspiring and, and motivating and encouraging the next generation to come up and take those seats. Mm-hmm. You know what I've I've thought I've thought an awful lot about this. I think you're exactly right, but I don't think anybody's going to invite us to do it. I think it's got to be on us to like, oh hey, we're Absolutely. here, we're having a podcast, we're on social media, we're using our platforms that we grew up with that we know how to use to be those people to share that message to spread that word. Because I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh hey, Mary Kate, why don't you come, you know, work at our company. And help us, you know, innovate uh, right. in, in the ways that we're discussing. And that's why I push volunteering so much. Like, look at, like, Liz, for example, who mm-hmm. I met at the Suiting Warriors event. Like, she's so heavily involved with America, her American Legion. Oh, yeah. um, and a lot of times in her pictures, she's the youngest one 
or she appears to be the youngest one in the photo. Thousand like, percent. Between, you know, like decades, like a, maybe a couple wars or conflicts in between the other person sitting next to her. So, I mean, that's just goes just a prime example. And she's always pushing that message, often pushing that message, too, about just getting involved. It's like you want to see a change, go be that change. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've started with the transition is just taking that information and why am I going to hoard it and hold on to it? I'm going to pay it back or pay it forward. And I, I tell people that even if you're at the lowest rank, even if you're an E3, E4 getting out, you still have a seat at the table of, of being innovative, being coming up with something different, taking the lead and owning your transition. Because um, Betterati, great veteran uh, platform uh, for mentorship. And I've had people say, like, oh, I'm just an E4. I'm like, no, you're, but you're further along in the transition than maybe the E7 or the O3. And I was like, you have something to offer them because you've either landed successfully or you're farther ahead. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, there's a lot more people who get out of the military as an E3, an E4, an E5 than there are E9s or O6s. Um, and just because we, we talked about Liz with this, you know, Matt, was that like what you your rank that you achieved, the level that you achieved in the military will only will only benefit you or take away from you if you let it. Right. Like there is no reason I got out as a sergeant and I feel like each and every day I'm walking further and further in my purpose. Um, and I didn't do anything that spectacular. Um, and, and I know Liz talks about it too as well. She got out as Lance Corporal. She, she like hates her time in service cause she feels like she didn't do enough, but she still owns that and still goes forward every day and is like, no, forget it. I'm not going to carry my rank. My rank is not on my collar anymore. Now I am who I am. Um, how do we get that message out to more, more people in, you know, the junior enlisted non-commissioned officer or, you know, first, second Lieutenant that just did a couple years in, how do we, how do we do that? Well, I, I can speak to just how, how I've been doing it. And part of that is having, I'm, I'm making time to have conversations with, with so many different aspects of the military transition, not just with people for my own benefit of on the, like the recruiting, hiring managing side to get them to understand why it's important or why it's good to hire a veteran, but even from those who are still at my unit, like who are still in, who are like two, three years out. Um, and I'm, I'm talking to them, <laughs> even though they're probably wanting to like, uh, say, you know, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not there yet. I'm like, this is something to start thinking about. And I think a big part of that is having those conversations. Um, my husband often says like the world is at our fingertips. We have access to information is unlike anything ever before. Um, and just really keeping that, just paying it forward. Um, I, I really started out like when I, like I said in the beginning, I was on staff duty in October and I just had that time to like be part of like the Leader Transition Institute, getting involved in Vets to Industry, finding like for these veteran service organizations, these nonprofits that want to help and give back and give people access to resources. Still serving veterans was taking a look at my resume and how to translate that into something a civilian would understand because we have our own language <laughs> and we're our own sort our own world even um, within the gates and then compared to outside the gate so that's just something that I think to get people to listen more about it is to really take the time to have conversations with those people and I identify them um, and sometimes 
it, I don't know if Evan was the same, if Evan can speak to this, but when I started my transition, I really had trouble like opening up about like, it's like, I didn't want to make myself vulnerable. Yeah. I didn't want to say, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a staff sergeant. I was just like, I can figure this out. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't want, I don't know if you, you want to speak on that. Yeah, Evan. absolutely. It's, I think that's something that we all have to have to deal with. And, and you said it best, you know, that, that vulnerability. And that's something that, that the honor foundation has certainly helped to develop, but, um, it just part of taking that introspective look throughout this process and understanding that just because we've been in the military for so long or just because we're we're used to being the best um, at our job, you know, or, or whatever it may be, however you may feel, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, um, you know, understand that you don't know everything. And, and if people would realize that earlier and take that step back earlier and say, hey, uh, I need help with this. Hey, I don't know anything about LinkedIn. I don't know anything about networking. I don't know how to write a resume. I don't know what to put on my resume. Um, you know, we've talked about with several guests before, like the onus is largely on us to, to take that on and to take, you know, show that, that humility and, and understand that it's okay to ask for help. And even seeing you now, Evan, like we've known each other about like five years mm-hmm. now, like since since selection, and um, and we didn't think then, you know, that we were going to be getting out when we right. where we are at now. So this wasn't a conversation we were going to have five years ago. We were just thinking like we want to be in the special operations community. That's that no ifs ands buts. Like we're going to do what it takes. We're going to lose the toenails off our feet. Yeah, they're going to peel the skin off the bottoms. Like we don't care. You get scars on our back. We don't care, but we just want to, we just want to do whatever it took to, to be able to get to where we're at. And then now to say like, we have to peel back those layers, rediscover ourselves. And like now, like you're not even out either. And you're here on Rob's Rob runs, who's a LinkedIn celebrity on his (laughs) podcast, LinkedIn you know, LinkedIn influencer. Um, and, and then to just be here now, um, invited on podcast, which, you know, I'm not, expert certified by any means to even talk about all this stuff, but I'm living it. So yeah. as we talk like inside, like that living document, it's ever changing, ever evolving. That's what makes you an expert to talk about it because yeah. you are living it, you know? And I think this is a, this is something I talk to like a lot of active duty folks, um, in that it still feels like it's a mission. It's an objective. It's like, yes. I have to accomplish it because I can't move on without it. But the thing is, is that Ev- Matt and I have been out 13 years and 10 years, respectively, ballpark, and we're still doing it every day. We're yep. still learning and, and transitioning every single day. So it's never, it's never like, okay, once I'm out, it's all done. You know, it, it just it continues to come up and it's it's always different each and every time. So you know you talked about what Evan was like back in 2016, totally different person. I was completely different person 5 years ago. To- if you had told me I would be doing this, I would have said you're freaking crazy because I did not I was not willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. about my time in service. Right. I wasn't willing to ask other people questions and hey share your journey in the hope that it could benefit somebody else. Yeah, it's too touchy feely. Yeah, for what, for what we're trained and programmed to think and do, it's it, it's too too emotional, too too many feelings, and sometimes we don't even understand or realize how to even um, be vulnerable or understand our feelings or to even want to talk to anybody to understand that. 
Um, but that's why I, I really harp on just like volunteering and getting involved because you can find your next purpose and mission even while you're still in uniform. Um, I mean, for me, it's it's about countering, combating human trafficking through whatever means available. Like I don't have any sort of degree certifications with regards to that, but just speaking to people and learning and and listening what the survivors have to say, what law enforcement has to say, and just getting different entities and learning. It is something that I've grown to be passionate and to give that training back to service members and the community. And then just like trying, like you said, even though it's been over a decade, you're still giving back to the military community. Well, decade sounds longer Decades. than how I, I mean, said Danny it. Said yeah. Decade. <laughs> yeah. I don't like With that big one bit. D, no, little D. <laughs> ah. You know the first. You know the first conversation that Mary Kate and I ever had. No, do tell. So we were sitting. Oh, we were on a bus. Uh, I don't remember on our way back from something. It was one of the. Maybe it was like the uh, the gear draw. Yeah. And um, she she looks at me and she's like, "You're not tired." And I'm like wide awake, right? She's like, "You're not tired." I'm like, "No." He was like always on caffeine. That's uh, what it seemed like. And he still is. I can't. I couldn't have it. It was. It was just. And uh, I had flown from Germany. So the time difference, my internal clock was so messed up. <laughs> um, that sounds she, horrible. She was like, she was like, you're not tired. And I was like, no, I want to sleep so bad, <laughs> but I can't sleep. <laughs> I'm literally dying. It inside. only took a few days of pure exhaustion for my sleep cycle to catch back up. Though. Poor so, Evan. Yeah. Poor Evan. What part of Germany? I was in uh, Bavaria in Vilsack. Ooh. You know what my favorite word uh, to say to this day is? Geilenkirchen. I don't know what that means. It's a place in Germany. Oh. Yeah. I think there's an Air Force base there or something. Um, Mary-Kate, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? Uh, through LinkedIn yeah. is a great place because um, I definitely am willing to, to help out anyone I can pay it forward and teach you how to pay it forward because I think that's what it's going to take. It's going to take each of us doing that and taking the time to do that. Yeah, I, I think um, to, to, some, to wrap it up a little bit, like it feels like a recent theme of our conversations with our guests is that we have to take initiative in in anything. And we talked about it like nobody's just going to give you the job. Nobody's going to handle your transition for you. Um, and I don't think that there's going to be much of a change to the, the TAPS process or whatever it's called now. I don't even – I know it's something different. So if it's going to be better for you than it was for everybody else before you, you've got to do something. And that starts with having a mentor or somebody to talk with who can connect you within their network. And that's how all this great stuff that we've talked about today has happened for all of us. So. Yeah, these virtual cups of coffee, these virtual happy hours, whatever it takes, because it, it, it's so important. 63. So important. I mean, it's, I'm at 63. Oh, 63 cups, cups of, of coffee. coffee? Yeah. I bet you Mary-Kate will beat you when she know. goes through hers. I don't know. What are you at? Huh? Well, see, I had to backdate, so I was like, for about, I'm, I'm pretty high up no there. No backdating. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Retroactive. I started Retroactive. when the cohort started, so you are a cheater <laughs> and not a gentle lady. We'll, we'll let Dave and Lindsay well be the 50. arbiters of this conversation. Yeah. All right, Mary-Kate, thank you so much for coming. Thank Matt, you any, so much. any final words, my brother? Of wisdom. Of wisdom. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> I, I just hope that your story and your, your testimony about your transition and your military experience um, resonates and is impactful on our listeners as it was on me. 100%. Also, Ev, I love how Matt secretly DL'd and went A.C. Slater in his chair. Do you see that? Oh, He's, yeah. his I didn't hats even on notice. Both of your hats on, on backwards. What yeah. did he do? Did he bop it down the block? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, gosh. Matt went. Matt went full AC Slater. Or was without that Zach a- Morris? Yeah, the backward chair. No, no, no. Backward chair was AC Slater. Slater. He would always Evan pull up. Evan even born when Saved by the Bell came. <laughs> I think it was uh, a little before. A few <laughs> Thank years before you. My time. Yeah. Hey, but oh, let's, let's, uh, my my. I do like Saved by the Bell, but not Boy Meets World. Yeah, you were there for the college years oh, of Saved gosh. by the Bell. Ew. Ew. He was there for the reruns. <laughs> Who was the wrestler though? Who was the professional wrestler that played the coach in Saved by the Bell, the college years? I don't know. I think he was a pro wrestler. He might have been a football player. I don't know. That's obscure. It is for me. very obscure. Right. One person that listens to this show will know it and be like, that's us guy. Yeah. Ev, any last words, dude? Uh, I'm super stoked that we got to talk to MK today and that um, she got And don't to forget your families. Story. Yeah. Don't forget your families because that was like a huge, uh, you know, I don't know if she said anything about it I don't before either. or after, but just like MK went dark for a few days and then came back and was like, yeah, I had to make some boundaries. I oh, hundred percent. She's like, I had to step back um, yeah. from a couple things that were just wearing me way too thin. And, and I hope more people take that as a lesson. Like you don't have to take every meeting. It can wait. Yeah. You know, you don't have to take every appointment, every cup of coffee. Um, you know, if it's important, someone will be willing mm-hmm. to work with your schedule too. Like yeah. You, Cause a lot of them, we talked about it in the car yesterday. Some of them get pitchy and they're trying to sell you stuff. Yeah. Like, qualify your time yep. because you can't get it back and even you I think that you felt some sort mm-hmm. of obligation to these people like oh they're trying to help me like of course I'll talk to you but narrow that focus just a little bit yep. I think is fantastic advice all right cool Mary Kate we want you to come back in one year's time okay so you'll be Thank you'll have you. been out of the military by like eight or nine months at that point right like yeah, one yeah. year from yeah she'll, year be, from she'll be five hours away on Capitol Hill so Ooh. Yeah, I can make it happen. We'll have, Con- we'll have Congresswoman, Senator, <laughs> yeah. something awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Signal Fire Radio. If you enjoyed it, we ask that you please like and subscribe uh, and write a review. We don't, <laughs> Matt, stop clapping. We don't want you to do that just because it's self-serving. Uh, that actually helps this message get in front of more people that we can hopefully help. So until next time, we hope that you will step out and demolish your own villain of self-doubt. Remember to feed your mind, strengthen your body, nurture your spirit, and grow your tribe, and go be a signal fire in your community.